This is Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Hello! Wait, 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 what year is it? I'm, I'm awake and I have a huge bushy beard and there are birds in it and there are cities in the distance I've never seen before. We've taken longer podcast hiatuses than this one. This is not that bad. Sure. Uh, but no, well, in, in, in our absence, I have, life has gotten stressful. Mm-hmm. Life has just been peaks and valleys. It's been, summer is always a bummer, and this is especially a bad one. It's not always a bummer. I mean, it's just busy, because we usually do Fringe Festival stuff. Right, well, that's a source of stress. Like, summer is always always stressful for me, I find. It is, it is, but... but this year, you know, we've had some really good things, yes. you know. we've had I, I got a promotion in the Park Service, mm-hmm. which basically means I'm closer to being the man than ever. So, like, when you're, like, complaining about the man in regards to the National Park if Service. If I can stop being the man, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> but who will you interrupt? <laughs> Everyone. Did you read that article I posted a link to about uh, people who had... Transgendered to being men and like who had, had transgendered to being a man. I think transitioned. Transition. Yeah. Sorry, thank yeah. you. Yeah, and, and like the difference they had, and some of the stories were very heartbreaking, and some of them were inspirational. But the one I clearly remember was the person who started off as a radical lesbian feminist and now is got the same political pursuits, but is living uh, has had the transition surgery. And, like, the thing that uh, happens to him is people say, you're just, you're mansplaining and being, a, exercising your white male privilege. It's like, okay, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, times are complex. <laughs> they times are extremely are, complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and actually, this kind of is a good segue into one of the articles that I okay, wanted to bring great. up. great. Uh, so, Audubon did uh, an article uh, talking about how Birding can be a relief and a source of anxiety. Okay. You know, yeah. like, you know, and I yep. have a tough time. It's like, I'm going to escape. I need to go out and get some dick sizzle. <laughs> and boy, howdy, did I get it. Yes, yeah. yes, you did. <laughs> but, you know, just kind of going out on my own. But it's not always inclusive, especially if you're kind of walking up to people and you don't know what people's... Yes. ...way of thinking is. Yes. You know, where I can generally walk into any situation and... Either I'm going to be accepted or I'm going to be ignored. No right. skin off my nose, mm-hmm. you know. Well, no, you've, you've talked, I mean, like, and I'm, I, before you get to the point that you're going to make, like, you've talked about this, like, sometimes you go out just to be by yourself and be with nature and people yes. come up and are talking to you. It's like, like, most of the time, because of your job and just because of who you are, you're very accepting. It's like, yeah, let me show you this really cool bird and stuff, but you get people, and like, sometimes you just want to be alone. It is, but that's not what this article is about. This okay. article is about, you know... You like to go birding, and somebody had the quote in there. It's like, you know, squirrel doesn't care what your gender is. Mm-hmm. You know, squirrel doesn't have that. And so sometimes you... and Okay, so I had this the other day. I needed to go out and get some... Well, let's talk about the article first. I am. I'm going okay. to get to this. So I, w- I had to get some footage of some birds for a TV segment that I'm going to mm-hmm. be on. So I was like, I have a couple hours. I'm just going to go out and get some bird footage and figure out what I'm going to talk about. Sure. And I see a group of birders up ahead. <laughs> and, and it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to talk to people. And like a vampire, you recoil from the sun like... <laughs> And sometimes I'm in the mood to talk to people. This particular day, I had a mission. But for some people, especially if uh, maybe you identify as non-binary. Right. Or even if you're gay and lesbian because you don't know Mm -hmm. uh, how people think in some of the rural areas. And I'm not 
I'm not demonizing rural right, area you people, just, just, you but don't... you don't know. And then suddenly you kind of sidle up and everybody's like, hey, seen anything good? And you go through that mm-hmm. and then blammo, someone tells a joke that is offensive right. to sure. you. And whereas I just kind of, I can roll with that. It's It can be a much more fraught with peril situation for someone. Yes. Yes, and that, these are tumultuous times. They are tumultuous, tumultuous times. So you know, it, it, the article I thought was good to talk about. Not only in birding do we need to be cognizant of trying to make our hobby more inclusive to people of color, right? But to also just understand that gender is weird, and and I, and I don't understand the whole thing of people that get hung up on the whole pronoun issue. So if someone tells me their preferred pronoun... Oh, sure. My only issue is I don't know... Like, if somebody tells me what they want me to call them, I'm perfectly yeah, fine yeah, with that. Yeah, that's fine. Correct me. Absolutely. It costs me nothing. Yes. And I am probably going to trip it up a few times, yep. and it's accidental. Uh, I'm 46 years old. I've been dealing with two genders for four decades. I'm willing to change. I'm willing to adjust. I'm. This is my problem, not yours. Yeah. Please give me a little leeway, but that's But yeah, but, okay. but if you tell me that you want to be called they, yeah. absolutely, I'm going to do Great. it. I am probably going to mess it up yes. a couple of times just because bad habit. Yes. Actually, I kind of wish people would just start calling me they. Mm. I, I people, think we could just do away with gendered pronouns. I want people to call me my dark lord or your horrificness. Yeah. Those are my preferred pronouns. But I don't think I'm going to get I'm that. I'm too lazy for that many yes. syllables. Okay, that's fair. I get it. I get it. That's my burden to bear. Um, That's fine. But anyway. it's just, it's something to consider that right. when you're interacting with people out mm-hmm. there, maybe that joke that I, has been, been hilarious. And, and this yeah. is something that I kind of learned as I do my programs over mm-hmm. the years. I've had stories that I do in my keynote that I thought sure. were great. And then 10 years down the line, societal attitudes change. Everybody grows. Everybody learns. And it's like, oh, I can't really tell that story anymore because yeah. that's not really funny. I struggle with this uh, in my work because I'm trying to be respectful to, to customers. Mm-hmm. And so I say, how are you doing today, sir? How are you doing today, ma'am? And it's like, that's not, that maybe is not how everybody works. You know, the Modern Times Cafe here in town has asked you to stop saying sir and ma'am mm. to, with their servers. Oh, no, I've heard, I've had several people talk about this in terms of, like, because I've been observing customer service in terms of, how are you doing? The thing for me is trying to get someone's attention. I don't mm-hmm. know what to say. You're, you're not supposed to say, hey, you. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> Can we just make asshole? How about if we make hey, asshole? asshole? Asshole the non-gendered pronoun. Can we just do that for everybody? Look at this asshole. <laughs> What's this asshole doing? Hey, asshole, do you mind? Yeah. Hey, asshole, what can I do for you? <laughs> That's my new proposal. I think that is your personal pronoun. <laughs> Asshole. Great. Great. I'm down. I'm down. That's. I need a sticker that says, for Convergence next year, I'm going to make those little circular stickers just for me that says asshole. Hey, asshole. Oh, god. I got a question for you. <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head. For you, yes. yes. But not all birders are assholes. <laughs> oh, wait. name one. Mark Neustrom. I don't know him. <laughs> You've met him. He used to ban birds out at Neil's house. He was oh. the shorter one. Oh, yes. He was very sweet. He's very sweet. He is not. Okay, now I'm like having trouble thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Two, three, four. We'll come back to this later. Let's, no, no, no. Uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking. So, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Clay really isn't. 
Clay Taylor. <laughs> and yet I could say to Clay, hey, asshole. And he would have no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. And what he would call you back would be worse. <laughs> Ken Kaufman. You know what it comes down to? Everybody's got an asshole. <laughs> you don't have a response to that, do you? <laughs> I like, was... whatever body you have, whatever, you know, everybody's got an asshole. Hey, asshole. I'm sure we're going to get an email from someone who doesn't. <laughs> well, okay, And suddenly enough. this becomes the most problematic podcast we've ever done. This is by far not the most problematic podcast we have ever had. Um, now, please don't uh, like throw this into all the podcasts that you've been on that you have made problematic. I've only been on a few podcasts. All right. What were we actually talking about? Um, we were talking about uh, the article that uh, Audubon oh, yes. did about... So when you walk up to people, here's the, be cool. Just however, you all, however old you are, cool is a slang word that you know. Be cool. But here's the thing. I've seen people on Facebook, birders, mm-hmm. try to be cool, and they can't be. Yeah. No, just be chill. That's what I mean by cool. No, just I don't mean chill. cool like Fonzie, like you're the like everybody wants to know. Be chill. Just be cool with everybody else. Okay, actually, so so. <laughs> Have you heard about the herpetology scandal? <laughs> Allow me to tell you that no, I have not heard about the herpetology scandal. So this was like an odd thing that showed up in my newsfeed. And I bring up the herpetology scandal because it kind of ties into what we're talking about here. And because I know a lot of birders are herpers. And I know, I just want to say, I think, I, whenever I complain about bird names, herpetology has it, has it worse because the number of people in my social circle who will post, gonna go out herping today, mm-hmm. or I was herping and found this, and it's like... And there are actual yeah. official cl- clubs backed by sure. the Minnesota DNR. It's like, hey, here's our Herper Society. Right, it's yeah. like, oh, that just... And I'm positive that that must be where it comes from. Yes. So, anyway, there were there was a scandal today in the herpetology community. And, <laughs> and the headlines with it have just been... Okay. Renowned turtle scientist... Renowned? Renowned. Renowned turtle scientist stripped of award... After showing scantily clad students during his presentation, turtle scientist crude behavior has sparked... uh, Wait, wait. After showing scantily clad students? So basically, this guy uh, got a herpetology award. Sure. For his work on, I think, turtles and incubation. Sure. And in his slideshow talking about his work, Uh he did the thing that all biologists do. It's like, we're going to throw in probably a photo of something copulating because it's funny, you know, apparently he he threw in more than one. But the big egregious thing was he showed all the students working with him, Mm -hmm. many of whom who happened to to be women Mm -hmm. in bikinis. Okay, did the women agree to be in bikinis? You know what? If you are a student and you have a professor that's giving you a leg okay. up in your career and he says you have to wear a bikini. Okay, so that's, the, that's that's problematic. I I, and, and I don't know that that's what happened, but sure, sure. typically if I'm going out to do field work, yeah. not doing it in a bikini. Right. Even when I was in my 20s, not okay. out doing field work in a bikini. There are mosquitoes, yeah. you know, so uh, there's okay. there's that issue. And apparently the, the, the group that was giving him the award... Mm-hmm saw the presentation ahead of time and saw the bikini-clad students mm-hmm. and apparently, like, blue-boxed some of their bodies out. Okay. Because they didn't want to offend the audience. And, of course, people started, you know, tweeting. 
Right. Live tweeting this. That's not something you should do. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, I mean. My, my first impression is, and Grant, as you, as you just expressed, it's an issue of power. Like, this person, this professor has power over the students that they do not have over him. I, that's, that's complete, like, and you can't say, can't ask the students, like, was this okay with you? But it's just like, okay. That's... And, and maybe it'll come out that the students will say, hey, this was okay with me. Or maybe it'll it's... come out that the students are like, I really felt pressured okay. to do, it's, to wear a yeah. bikini during it's my a, turtle surveys. It's a s- stupid thing to do. And, you know, yeah. there are, bikinis are amazing. Right. There are times and places for them. Yes. You know, when you're out working with wild creatures where there's typically all kinds sure. of insects and... Right. I don't know. But no, it's, it's it was, just fascinating yeah, don't, to uh, me that... Yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's 10% like yeah you gave him this award for his scientific research and it's like uh, 90% like don't 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 do that I don't have a I don't have a joke for that right now yeah yeah it's yeah it's but but I just I just found it fascinating that um that he showed multiple shots of Mm -hmm. various students out with him in the field and, right. you know, he's in his T-shirt and his vest. Mm-hmm. And the students are in bikinis. Right. So, anyway, found that, thought that was interesting. Anyway, let's <sighs> make safe places. Don't demand people go birding in bikinis unless they offer. Uh, sure. Don't tell terrible jokes. Uh, if someone this... tells you what their preferred pronoun is. Sidebar. Uh, many years ago, I was writing a... I was making a video for an organization, and I decided to uh this was not a paid this was like a a fan organization and i was writing a bad i was writing an intentionally bad 50s science fiction movie thing and uh one of the things i wrote was these astronaut crash land on a planet and they are greeted by or they are threatened by rather uh amazons in uh saber tooth tiger bikinis and i actually wrote that as like yes i remember that and everybody you wrote leopard print bikinis leopard print bikinis uh and I remember going into the meeting to read the script to them uh, and reading it for the first time. Everybody laughed and thought it was a great idea. And then when I approached the specific actresses I had in mind for it, I said, here's the idea for the script. As soon as I said that, it was like, you have to put me in this, which was a very different situation. Yes. But that was many years ago. I would, I would definitely not write that script now. Or maybe I would. Yeah, you probably would. But I mean, there's a difference between no, writing a script. Completely. And and it was as as I recall it, you you got one yeah. and then I, I remember at least one of our friends being like, I wanna be in a in a bikini too. Okay. Yeah, that's completely fine. But I mean that's different. That's people yeah, like yeah, saying, yeah. No, exactly. No, I just remember. But and that you weren't gonna make or break anybody's. No, no, no. And like I had this. no power over this situation. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like if you don't do this. I will not sign off on your thesis project. So, yeah. You, no, they, they very clearly were doing you the favor. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And everybody was behind it. But, yeah. You can't, uh, uh, yeah. Read the room. Know your audience. You know, but, yeah. just g- generally, if they're your student or your seasonal, right. don't ask them to wear a bikini. Sure. What if you're getting an, uh, a PhD in bikini studies? I don't know. <laughs> We've gotten way off Wait, topic. Wait, is that something I can get a PhD in? It's so off topic. We have. Let's talk about small Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. This is the first time we've ever gotten off topic this is why in we this don't podcast. podcast anymore. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's go on to this year of the bird. It is the year of the bird. That is a great hashtag that I'm not using enough. 
This is supposed to be the year where which we're... bird? Any bird. This is supposed to be the year because yeah. I don't know about remember, the bird. Remember, it was. You do not <laughs> sing that song. <laughs> no, remember earlier in the year with Cornell and Audubon. This is hashtag year of the bird, where right. we're trying to like tell everybody why birds matter. We're going out enjoying birds. Right. I went out and saw a bunch of prairie chickens because I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, year of the bird. So year of the bird is still going on. Okay. Uh, and National Geographic had an article with that. Uh, and the thing was about the swamp sparrow. Sure. And it says, I, I love this first paragraph. It's like, the melodic whistles of thousands of American swamp sparrows echo across North America's wetlands. And these little brown birds may know just a few songs, but they know them well. In fact, they haven't changed their set list in more than 1,000 years, according to a new study. You're, 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 you're switching. You're, like, stepping into Attenborough here. Oh, well, that's how I say <laughs> So, So let's listen to the Swamp Sparrow. This All is right. on my Sibley app. Sure. I would not call that melodic. That's fine. It's a bird song. It is. It's kind of monotonous. And... Basically, the article's like, the they've been... Swamp Sparrow on blast here. <laughs> they've, been, they've been singing the same song for, like, a thousand years. It's not really that hard. <laughs> Fuck you, Swamp Sparrow. <laughs> I'm like... Why don't you sing Beyonce's Lemonade? Well, then you're talking to the lyre bird. I mean, really. The <laughs> oh, damn. I mean, that if, if we're going to talk about a bird that has the range of Beyonce, right. then it's going to be something cool, like the lyre bird, that can do... Some amazing America's stuff. America's next top bird singer. Birder. Anyway, Not burger, but the article yeah. talks about how uh, they discovered evidence that the swamp sparrow uh, has likely been singing the same songs for a millennium. Young sparrows mimic the songs sung by their elders so accurately is, that their musical repertoire has remained relatively unchanged for all time. What is the evidence? The fact that they uh, mimic their parents so well. <laughs> Do they have... Do they have, like, uh, see, what would that be? That would be uh, 1918, people out there with their gramophones going, oh, this song is going to sound completely different in a thousand years. In a thousand, I'm sorry, no, that would be um, 1018. 1018. Let me record this song for it wouldn't Brother even Theophis. Be that. It wouldn't even be, like, recognizable English, then. Forsooth, me lord. Yeah, From the train, is... throw mama would yes. be more like it. But, uh... What the fuck? I remember in middle school, our English teacher was trying to talk to us about how the English language okay, has changed. Okay, you and I did not go to middle school together. I don't know what the fuck you're talking no, about. No, but she was talking about how language has changed. We were talking about yes. sentence structure. And she was using right. a movie title that was popular at the time. Sure. Throw Mama from the Train. It was the number one movie in Indiana at the time. She was like, so, you know, in like a thousand years ago, that would have been from the train throw mama right and she's like you know and then if you wanted to add something you'd do so from the train throw mama you know what somebody dropped some uh, science facts on me they were talking about uh, people were just talking about pirates and they were talking about one of the things that in during the golden age of piracy in the you know 15th 16th century one of the things they used to do to alleviate boredom between uh, sacking and plundering was they would have uh they would perform plays based on stories that they knew. And one of the things that they used to do was they used to have mock trials of the pirates on the ship and, like, <laughs> list their crimes and sentence them to horrific deaths and things like that. So it's like, basically like the roasts that happened. Kind of, yeah, day. exactly. It was a pirate roast. Pirates were drama queens, if you, if you are unsurprised to hear that. Uh, so, okay, that's great. I can't, like, it's sort of interesting to me, like, how, like, the thing you told me that Birds in different areas have different dialects, but 
Yeah. They have the but apparently same... the Swamp Sparrow does not... So the thing that I love in this Fuck is you, like... Fuck you, Swamp Sparrow. Learn what? some new material. It's like, scientists suggest... Science suggests a lot of things. Well, science is the study. It's not... Okay, anyway, mm. scientists suggest that these sparrows preserve their cultural traditions as efficiently as humans do, if not more so. I'm like, it's not really that efficient. I yeah. mean, language and it's definition not really changes. It's cultural tradition. That's what National Geographic has become these well, days. Okay, fine, whatever. That's yeah. I like. That's interesting. If the Swamp Sparrow song has not greatly changed in the last thousand years, a there's no way of proving that uh, because there were no recordings back then. That's sort of the interesting thing to me is like they talk about like people have described like Abraham Lincoln's voice mm-hmm. or you know, but there's not really there's no recording, so we don't know. Really, what George Washington sounded like, or what Abraham, or um, I'm sorry, um, uh, Ben Franklin sounded like, and so we have these sort of actors who try to get into the body and understand that, but we don't know what is like, what they sounded like. So I wrote this book called Poor Richard's Almanac. <laughs> Poor score and seven years ago, our well, founding maybe. fathers. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. oh, that's sort of it. Well, that's another, like people talk about, like I was reading a, because uh, they found, somebody found a, um, there was a new story I was reading many years ago. They found a uh, Roman coin or a, some I guess it was a Roman coin that had um, Cleopatra's face stamped on it and it was not conventionally beautiful. It's like, oh, this oh, yeah. is what was beautiful back then. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, okay, beauty standards change over time. Speaking of beauty standards... Thank you. You just gave me a great segue. All right. Uh, for, I think, one of the best headlines I've seen birding-wise for a while. Okay. Putting the crow in necrophilia. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Speaking of which, allow me to ask you again to do something with all of the dead birds that are in our freezer. Um, okay. All right. You've asked. Okay, lay your uh, <laughs> lay your story on me. That's just the current dead birds. There is always going to be a replenishment. Mm. Speaking of which, one of the things that has like been delighting interns this summer is the whiteboard in my office. Sure. And the note that was up there earlier is like, deal with dead hawk in the fridge. Right. It's a lot it's harder. The, go ahead, everybody. Feel free to send uh, Sharon the photo from... Uh, oh, my God. Sorry, everybody, I thought that was uh, Sharon's foot uh, tapping me nervously under the table. It was our rabbit's nose. Uh, feel free to send Sharon the uh, gif of uh, Arrested Development where Michael looks into the bag that says, uh, Dead Dove. <laughs> I like, like how you think no one has sent me that gif. Right, but in reaction to this podcast. Okay. So what's our story? Anyway, uh, it, it talks about a guy who has uh, spent a good deal of time Actually, I shouldn't say it talks about it. It is a man recounting Mm -hmm. uh, in his blog about how he has been studying crows and what they do Mm -hmm. um, around other dead crows. Sure. And uh, so, yeah, he has witnessed them copulating with, Mm -hmm. uh, and and he even has has photos of the the crows. Great. This reminds me of the story of the the cane toads, the uh, infamous cane toad infestation of Australia. How does necrophilia get into because that? Because they do, like, they, like, the the problem with the cane toads is they reproduce so much. And uh, they've talked about, uh, like, even with flattened cane toads that have been crushed on the road, like, uh, males are trying to uh, reproduce with them. Um, yeah, so, 
Where did you want to go with this story? I'm really curious. Well, I, just, I feel like a, a toad doesn't really have any kind of attachment. It's just like, I, I'm supposed to mate with this. Whereas, you know, crows build these elaborate relationships and family groups. They buy flowers and candies. And... They have very complex communications. We don't understand sure. every single sound that they make. I mean, what's that maraca You know, some crows about? are freaks. That's what uh, you Apparently, all, all crows are freaks, but... Not all crows, Sharon. Do you have anything to add to this? I really don't know where you want to go with this story. No, no, but I mean, if you want to read more about crows, <laughs> there's there's even video. I want you to think very carefully about the words that you have just put together. Ladies and gentlemen, we're recording this. You're on my side. You've all heard this. Okay. It's hard to witness this behavior without wondering if maybe the crows somehow don't recognize that it's dead. Or just instead responding like they might to, to a living intruder or a potential mate. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> so you're all my witnesses. This is episode 238. Uh, you've all heard this so that when I mention this to Sharon and she accuses me of being insane that she uh, brought this up, uh, you are all... What, that listening. I brought up the crow necrophilia yes. thing? Yep. No, no, no. I, I mean, someone already made a joke about it today because sure. I talked about the Nighthawk nest that failed in our building. Right. And I said I suspect it was the crows. And yeah. someone's like, oh, those darn necrophiliacs. And I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, that was about that article. All right. What's our... Okay, keep in mind, I'm going to enforce this rule. Do not end on the most depressing story. Now, you've already done crow necrophilia, so this is a very low that's, bar that's for you. That's the story we should you end with. Are, this is a very low bar for you to cross. Okay, well, then we can't end with this story, which okay. means there has to be another one. Well, you can't end with this story. All right, so well, we won't tell end me this, with this one. You can tell me this next story if you have another one that's better. The border wall is nonsense, okay. and the border wall is yep. getting worse and worse and worse by the yep. minute. We're losing... Private land, public lands, and it looks like we're yeah. going to lose Benson State Park in Texas, which is a big fat bummer. Okay. Benson State Park was one of the first uh, park sites that I visited when I birded the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, and today, the president of the Tex Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, Carter Smith, mm -hmm. notified the Benson family that the park that bears their name will revert to them when the border wall is built. And it sounds like uh, it's no longer going to be a state park. It's going back to the family that uh, had the land and that a border wall is going to be built on it. And it's, and it's not the first one. We're also going to lose a National Wildlife Refuge, and it's frustrating. We're also going to lose... Uh... This is sort of interesting to me because, first of all, it's, it's, it, it angers me. Uh, but in true Sister Wendy fashion, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to move quickly past my anger. And it's sort of interesting. It reminds me of, do you remember the story of the, the Falklands War? I remember the Falklands War. I don't remember a specific story. In terms of the ecological impact, it was like the, so the Falkland Islands are these, uh, part, one of the armies, I can't remember if it was the British Army or the Argentine Army, to prevent the other army from establishing a beachhead on these very rocky beaches, they don't have sandy beaches, they have rocky beaches, they put up all these landmines. Mm -hmm. And then they didn't remember where they were. Mm -hmm. So that penguins, which nest on the Falkland Islands, aren't heavy enough to set off these landmines, but people are. So 
the penguins sort of have this safe nesting area because humans will not go there because humans will be killed. This sort of interests me in terms of nature preservation if that on this land, people can't go there, but all the animals. The do. problem is, is that the the wall is supposed to be this gigantic physical barrier. Sure. Because there are already walls down there that are supposed to funnel people crossing the border, so that right. way it makes it easier well, for Border Patrol horseshit. to catch them. Yeah. So, but this new wall is all about, no, we're seriously going to put up a blockage. Right. Because people aren't going to scale that. And in areas where they have put in border walls around Santa Ana. Right. Uh when they, there has been massive flooding, when the hurricanes mm-hmm. happened, when tortoises are trying to leave the sure. area okay. to get to higher ground, right, right. they're finding all these tortoise carcasses because they can't escape yeah. the flood. It's... And it's also blocking ocelots. I mean, in the okay. grand scheme of birds, right. birds are probably going to figure out ways around things because right. they can fly ocelots tortoises right. they cannot and then the other thing Ugh. is is that uh we're going to lose access to these really great habitat areas yeah, I... and i mean it's there's a lot to be said because some of the places that are getting a border wall it's like oh, i've seen border crossings i've right, seen right. drug deals it's a thing that happens down there there it's, it's it's a nuanced co- but i i don't think a, a wall is the answer and it's I... frustrating and it's frustrating because it's down in this area that if you're a birder right. or a retiree, you know it because it's a nice, cheap place to stay and there's amazing things down sure. there. But if you're the rest of the world, it's like, oh, this is a tiny town on the Texas right. border. What do I care? Um, you should know that one of these tiny towns like McAllen, it was very frustrating when the families were being separated and the kids were being put in a holding facility. That was in McAllen. And it's like, everybody's learning about this horrible thing happening in McAllen, and McAllen is not a horrible town. Right. I don't have anything positive to say about this. I have my, if you know me in any regard, either in person or from listening to this podcast, you can probably imagine what my reaction is to this. And I have a reaction to the people who believe in this. And imagine whatever you imagine my reaction is 10 times greater than what you can imagine so it's frustrating it's frustrating that we're losing these parks these amazing parks it's Mm -hmm. i don't know how to fix this i know people in the rio grande valley are are fighting it (sighs) oh there are so many horrible things i want to say but your podcast is not the place for me to say these all right so let's do another story please i don't think the story is as depressing i just think it's something that you can relate to with and I don't mean you personally, non-birding bill. I just mean <laughs> some of us can. I can uh, relate to nothing. Birds that leave the nest at the wrong time can bring disaster to the whole family. Oh boy! <laughs> no, I left the I left the nest at the right time. I was eighteen. Yeah. I was. What? What are you talking? About? I don't know. I, I I don't know if you can consider it leaving the nest if it's going to college. Oh, oh all right, fair enough. All right, so but anyway, what is so the basically, like story? if a bird leaves the nest too early and is yeah. like super fluttery, it, it's mm. attracting attention. So oh, that okay. can attract attention of other predators. Yep. You know, so it's one thing. It's like okay, even though you have feathers at right. like ten days old and you could be on the ground, it really would be better if you could stay in the nest another three days mm. to let those primary wing feathers grow in. Well, okay, well, I mean, that's. But is that a decision, or is that just? 
genetic... I mean, we've talked about this before. Is it, inst- like, how much uh, agency do animals actually have? How much is instinct? How much is... Well, like, usually if a bird is leaving the nest, uh, like, a day or two too early, yeah. it's because uh, something startled it. You right, know, it's right, like, right. oh, a hawk flew through, or, oh, a snake's coming sure. to check out the nest. Or, oh, I am going to take a look inside this bluebird box. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why when people have bluebird trails, they're like, hey, maybe after, like, the 12th day, don't don't look in the box anymore. Let's let, let the yeah, yeah. baby stick. Cause what, they could where is this little... story from? Uh, this one is from Science Mag, okay. Science Magazine. So, yeah. and, and they were uh, testing it out with juncos, specifically. Mm-hmm. But I, I just thought it was fascinating that... Uh, that you know that makes sense that you know if you leave the nest just a few days too early and you mm-hmm. and you you could survive sure. but you're going to be down there fluttering i mean you think about when baby birds first get out of the nest they're begging like crazy it's like we were watching that robin one day yep. and it's out there and it's just begging and and the adult is like trying to teach it how to play mm-hmm. it cool it's like you don't need to make noise all the time every time i show up cool but i do need to make noise all the time no this is a really it sounds like an actual like when you brought this up, I was prepared for, like, a Star Tribune story about, like, here's how birds are like people. Oh, but, like, this you went, was... You went down on the Star Tribune that yeah, has, like, was... actual legit birders writing for it? Well, Unlike the city pages were like, hey, like, here's this wacky so bird. So often when we talk about science reporting, it's just like... We don't complain about the Star Tribune. We probably complain about the National Geographic or the Independent. Right. But just like, no, this was a completely A to B if a bird... Leaves the nest and draws attention to the nest before the others are ready. Like, this can cause problems. That's This that's, can be, like, oh, you're all going to be eaten. So, yeah. So, yeah. I, and I remember the time that one of my sisters, you know, jumped out of the window. And I was like, you don't flop around down there too much. Cause... Which sister was this? <laughs> I see what you're trying to do. Exactly. But that's the kind of thing that we that's deal me. with. It's like so much of non-professional science reporting is like, they're trying to get people interested in it, which is good, which is fun. like, here's this thing. But then they try to draw too many parallels between humans and animals, which gets problematic. I don't know where you're going, but okay. But I'm just saying, like, this is a very good article, but... You seem surprised. I brought a good article. No, it's not you. It's that, like, so much of science reporting in popular media is not good. Uh, uh, okay, so you were dubious based on the headline. Yes. You were less dubious with the... Necrophilia. No, I knew where that was going. <laughs> there was no point where it was like, necrophilia. Oh, wait. Hold on. It's an uplifting story. <laughs> well, the crow, one of the crows survives. <laughs> oh, my God. I know I've told this story on this podcast before, but just in case nobody's heard it in a while, Sharon's idea of an uplifting story about animals is the dog still has three legs left at that the end of the story. That is a very common joke. <laughs> about you? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... <laughs> Again, let me stress, uh, please do something about all the dead bits that are in our freezer. I need someone to teach me how to make study skins. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to do with your... Have we talked about what you're what you're doing? Like what you were doing at the I, beginning I, of this well, podcast? Well, I don't know because we've redone the podcast a couple of times tonight. So what are you working on here? I am working on... I accidentally... Accidentally? I drunk ordered something off of Amazon called a diamond painting. How did you find out about this? Someone on Facebook. I don't know who. Maybe it was Gail. Maybe it was Amber. I'm not sure. sure. Uh, somebody... 
referenced a painting of Jeff Goldblum at sunset. Sure. And I thought it was a paint by number, so sure. I just ordered it because Jeff Goldblum painting him. Why not? From China. Um. I just it, it it's it I just ordered it on sure. Amazon. You know how easy it is. Just a yep. couple of clicks and then boom. Yep. So forgot so about it, is, and it showed up, and I'm like, "What is this? What did I this get?" This is not a paint by number. This is this is like a combination of paint by number, cross stitch, logic problem. Do you want and to describe puzzle. this, or do you want me to describe this? In my you words? you describe it, and I'll correct you. So what Sharon has is a uh, a grid. It is a if you've seen the stories about the Jeff Goldblum statues that have shown up in England, this is a. It's 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 it's, it's so somebody made a fan a, painting of Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park, made up where he's of, kind of like leaning after he's been injured, but his right. shirt is kind of ripped open. Made up of ten thousand squares that are in a plastic grid, and what you have to do is take all of the. You're basically doing a mosaic. Yes. But what you have to do is take these tiny plastic tiles, which are all over our house, by the way, at this point. Yeah, I'm worried I'm not going to have enough to finish because I think the house cleaner is going to like vacuum <laughs> them up next week. And you have to place them one by one. Specifically, it's like latch hook times a million. It's more like cross stitch, but yeah. Kind of, yeah. And you take this tiny spudger and you lift up the specific tiles. And you actually had to go to... YouTube videos because the instructions were all in Chinese. Well, no, it didn't come with instructions. Okay, great. Uh, well, and and so apparently, if you get legit diamond paintings, sure. they they have instructions because I've been facebooking about this, and I've had yeah. friends now go out to Michaels and buy some. Uh huh. Uh, and they're like, "Hey, ours had instructions." Whereas I've There's been watching like, YouTube videos. I'm looking at the mic. There are three, not even remotely close to me. Here's a green one. Here's a black one. Here's a green. A white one. These are all over our kitchen table. Oh, you don't want to know what happened when I took a bath this morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, so you just kind of put... And, and I didn't understand why it was called diamond painting, because right. these are plastic, not diamonds. But they all have, like, little cuts no, on them. No, they're very shiny. Yeah, and so when you kind of move things around, it's like, oh, I see the shininess. So, basically, it's a plastic grid that you are putting these little tiny... Tiny, these are... Like a millimeter, what, um, if that. Yeah, exactly. And you have a special spudger tool, and you have like wax. Is that and everything. what this is called? A spudger? It's what it called. It's what it's called for electronics. Okay. When you have a when you have a non-conducive plastic thing to take pieces in and out of, and you have been working furiously on basically like if you were a monk at the you know in the 900 A.D. and you were like. You know what? This whole like illustrating pages isn't complicated enough for me. I need something more challenging. You know what? Life gets stressful, and if this is it how does. I burn off my stress no, being a federal I'm, employee, I'm completely glad that you're doing this. You are about what twenty five to a third percent in like two weeks. You have really been burning through this. Thing. I've, I've been putting this on my. Well, I think I've been putting it, it on amazing. my Instagram. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm gonna wait until you're done with this to touch this because I'm a very tactile person and this looks amazing. Oh, you should feel it right here. Just, no, just, 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 just touch it. No, just I'm gonna wait till it's done. It's not even no, Jeff that you're touching. It's, it's gonna, just the sky. Right. Just touch it. Oh God, that's amazing. It's even <laughs> better it? than I, I thought. I know, right? But that's what is... I do in the morning when I'm having coffee is sure. I just rub my fingers over this. It's, it's Anyway, Google diamond painting and if you need some kind of insane stressful because this summer has been incredible. It's been there've been peaks. It's been like, oh, promotion. Yeah. There've been oh, amazing birds. And then there's been like, oh, that's too bad that happened. That's 
crazy. So, yeah, this is... So, me ordering this and then just being stubborn and being like, well, I bought this thing. I guess if I you've ever, how to do yeah, it. Yeah, if you've ever looked at, like... If you've ever seen, like, those medieval, like, like the, the embroidery they do is like, how the fuck did they do this? This is what you do. So let me find a Facebook group that I accidentally found. Okay. So I'm on another page that's all about bird art and people just work on, you know, nature sure. journals. And they share the bird art. And I just, yeah. I'm not that I remotely do bird art. I just uh, am curious. I love to see other people's bird art. I think I right. shared something recently from Instagram. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, oh, I finally got my... My custom diamond painting in and mm-hmm. it says breaking beaks and it's it's got like a monk parakeet on it right. they have custom made a breaking bad logo with breaking beaks and this this monk parakeet and, and i'm like tell me more and she's like oh this is really stuff that i post on this mm-hmm. group that i'm called feather friends diamond painting and other crafts and so it's like people Perfect. who do this with birds and i've gotten into this whole re- weird world of australians where they get custom made diamond sure. paintings of their birds do you know what this is this is seed art. Oh, I know. Someone's already pointed this oh, out. Oh, my God. I just realized this. At this that moment. was a goal for me this year with the, my bullet journal was yep. to enter in the seed art at the Minnesota State Fair. Yep. It didn't happen because life happened this yep. summer. But I feel like this 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 accidental drunk purchase mm-hmm. that I did is me. This is me going through the Shaolin Monastery. Uh, yeah. The Shaolin oh, no, Monastery the, Cooking Academy. Yeah. yeah, this, yeah. Is the, the, this is completely a mandala thing, except you're not... But I mean, it's teaching me how to do the uh, crap art, and so next year our friend Brandy has been working on seed art. Did you? I know. I've seen. We have so many friends working on seed art. I created a Facebook group for our friends that we were going to do seed art together, and it didn't come to fruition. You know, next next year, year, man. Next year, if you do seed art, you're going to fucking own this. Maybe I'll do this as a seed art. I don't know. But anyway, this has been fascinating to me. Watch, like I'm not. I'm literally not mocking you at all for this because I get like repetitive tasks and just have that's one of the reasons why I play video games is Mm -hmm. that like you know that there is a task to be accomplished and you understand the rules and this is how it needs whether you succeed or fail Mm -hmm. you understand what the task is and how the task needs to be accomplished so I completely get this and when you finish this I want to frame this and put it up on the wall because this is this is amazing um I'm not saying this has anything to do with our marriage. <laughs> oh my I gosh! Am. I forgot. We <laughs> <laughs> our podcast was. Keep in mind, we're still recording. I here. know our podcast was interrupted because yes. somebody called us. Do you know what that person? This is someone who used to volunteer for my park, and mm. I haven't heard from him for ages. Right. Do you know what this person? I didn't. I didn't tell you why they called. Mm. Uh, we're in Audubon magazine. Yes. You're quoted in Audubon Oh, yeah. Magazine. No, I remember that. I, I specifically remember they were doing a thing about birding with your non-birding spouse, and they asked for my advice. Yes. Well, they asked for both. We both had yeah. to fill out questionnaires, and they were like, oh, this is hilarious. I'm like, no, this is serious. I no, mean, I'm <laughs> not joking. I think, and someone uh, sent me a picture of the magazine where it's like, you were yep. like, set firm boundaries. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's like, no, it's like, this is my curse. People always think I'm joking when I'm being serious, and I'm serious when I'm being joking. It was like... If you're going birding, should you go birding with your non-birding spouse? Look at the itinerary. If it doesn't look like fun, don't do it. Yeah, and I remember it was like, so how do you two survive, like, you know, your birding passion and his, you know, not birding passion when, you know, with your vacations? Like, separate vacations. Yeah, we don't. Like, you have, 
Well, I mean, a lot of what you do for birding is business. Like, you are going out to do keynotes and stuff. Yeah. Well, and yeah, sometimes you mean, will, And sometimes you will go birding for a weekend with your friends. I'm like, great. You need to do that. That yes. is going to make you happy. Please do that. Oh my God. I absolutely do not want to go to North Dakota for a weekend and get up at 5 o'clock in the morning Do you know what birds. I did this, this spring and you would have been miserable? Yeah. I went up with a couple of guys to one of their cabins. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we polished off a bottle of Jameson. Yep, it was great. Yep. And then we got up at three forty five a.m. Terrible idea. For I know. Me. <laughs> Fuck that shit. And then went out and sat in a cold box in the prairie and no, watched prairie chickens. Absolutely not. It was one of the best weekends I'd had. And that's what works is that I recognize you are going to love this. This is going to completely recharge you. This is going to be the great thing. I do not want to be a part of this. But it was it was so much fun. I mean, it had everything for me. Yes. Like we're all just like, wow, we're drinking a lot of Jameson the night before going to a blind, and I'm like, it's okay. You're not paying me to lead a tour. If I were leading a tour, I would not be yes, drinking exactly. like this. I was fine the next day. I don't know about the, those two boys, yeah. but but yeah. But was, then we will do things like we will go like you have your patch that is near it. We will occasionally go out and walk that. Yeah, I can't go to the patch anymore. Yeah, I know. But like we will occasionally. <laughs> We'll talk Two on the things. next next podcast about what I did wrong with it. It was just <sighs> I, I had I had some words with the habitat restoration group that has started there, and yeah. now I'm afraid to go to the patch because they're going to. But like I will like when I was I was walking home on the Greenway, which if you don't live in Minneapolis is a bike and walkway that stretches through all the Twin Cities and beyond. And um, that is Minneapolis. And a red tail buzzed me it was like three feet away from my head it's like oh shit that's really cool and i know what's going on there all right yeah i just want to point out that you are the one prolonging the podcast right now all right anyway he's quoted in the current autobahn anyway that volunteer was super sweet he saw us quoted he's like i'm gonna mail it to you i'm like oh thank you thank you i just love that that's fantastic all right this is bird chick podcast number 238 if you have questions for sharon you can find her on twitter she is at bird chick you can email her, Sharon, at birdchick.com. You can find her on the Faces book. And, of course, her website is birdchick.com. And we'll be back in the nearish future. Uh, take care. Bye.